This book has bad words. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Hard Yards podcast with your special guest, John McAllister. That's me. <laughs> yes. So grab a drink, settle down, and we'll see you in right now yeah. the Hard Yards <laughs> podcast. We are very with privileged. and Delby. Oh, thank Perfect. you very much, John. We are very privileged privileged to have you on the podcast uh, this week. Not only are you our sponsor, uh, but host own one of the best and biggest stand-up comedy venues in Australia yep. and the world, really. It's yeah. just incredible. And he books one of the best and brightest upcoming acts <laughs> yes. in the world, Daniel Pinder. <laughs> 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 Look, we talk about uh, your whole hard, yarns, uh, hard yarn experience going from uh, a plasterer to owning the, the Comedy Lounge in Perth and um, moving from London to uh, WA as well, so... Yeah, it's just such an awesome And episode. why the Tasmanians hate him and how much he loves vacuuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are not related events. If you're at all interested in comedy or just uh, love our podcast, you're going to love this. Enjoy the show. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The fake news, the enemy of the people. The that I call the fake news the enemy of the people. The fake news. Oh, hey, hi, Yanis. This week I'm taking the intro because we have <laughs> one of my favourite men in comedy, the owner of the Comedy Lounge. And I just got to tell you, Mr. John McAllister, for this podcast, stick with your gold of its shit, put the mic down, say thanks for your time, and get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Classic. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Johnny, it's so good to have you on. Yeah. Um, see what you're putting your sponsorship into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't uh, disappoint. And it's a very big risk having my new employer on as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got your boss on. Yeah, that intro there was from uh, John Pinder. He, he he reminded me of what you used to say to us at Open Mic at Raw oh God, and yeah. anytime we're doing something new. You're yeah. a love child, John Pinder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a really up, really great up-and-coming act. Yeah. You know, I'm super proud of John and his achievements. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe he's only 33. Oh, hey, mate, I thought he was older. I he- thought he- I'm older than John. <laughs> I'm older than Pinder. He's so month. wise. Yeah. I can't believe it. How's things? How's things? Uh, with the comedy lounge and, and how's life going? Life's really great. I mean, I'm <clears throat> I'm lucky. I, I actually, there's nothing I would want to be doing than what I'm doing now. Mm. If I was a multi-billionaire, yeah. I would be doing exactly this. The now. Hard Yarns yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't dream of anything other than what I'm doing. So I can tell yeah. when mm. when I finish up the night and I see you off, you're always smiling, you're laughing, especially when the karaoke kicks off. <laughs> <laughs> the karaoke at the end. Yeah. Um, but mate, I'm, I'm shocked actually, and I, don't, I know we were going to start with something else, but I'm just shocked. I didn't know you did stand-up comedy yourself. I did, yeah. I um. Like it, like anyone that gets started in it, I just went along to an open mic night and thought, "Oh God, I think I could, I could do this." <laughs> and uh, I realised that I wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong, I was, I wasn't too bad. But I realised that it's a real commitment to be a stand-up comedian. It's a hard, hard job. You can't. I mean, I've got three kids at the time. You know, mm. I was only when I started. I was thirty-five, and the kids were young. I was plastering, and and you just. There's no way I'm, I'm going to ever make it as a stand-up comedian <laughs> and be able to leave my family. I didn't even want to anyway. So I realised probably a couple of years in that even though I loved it, I wanted to be involved in it. 
it wasn't for me to be an actual comedian. So where, mm. where was your first ever gig and who was who was gigging around that time? Did anybody make it big? Was it in Joondalup? Because that's like where I feel well, just like John's from, I was about to just say. Just John's English. Is that where, it sounds like that's where you come from. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't Joondalup. Strangely enough, we did, when I first started, after about six months in, I did what a lot of comedians do and that is thought if I – do my own show, <laughs> then I can oh. get on myself a bit more regularly. Yeah, <laughs> I, wasn't getting, I, wasn't getting, I wasn't getting the gigs I felt I deserved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, he that's understands. I, I fucking I, yeah. I empathise with yeah. your situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing I ever did was uh, promoted myself as a promoter and got other people to do it. Mm. Um, and the, the names on the lineup then I don't think you'd even remember any of them or know any of them but um, yeah that was at the Woodvale Tavern reception oh, centre really yeah. we had oh. about 120 people there and on the was, left there yeah, yeah. Just what's the name of the bar the, that, the, the moon and six the moon and six yeah. yeah and uh, it was a I'm a regular great then. night it was a good good venue it still is a pretty good venue yeah there's a nice yeah. little place on the side there yeah, yeah the big they've got a stage and everything in there it's yeah. really yeah it's nice yeah it's awesome good. so who, who put you up to it you just thought I'm, I, I can do better than this guy. Um, well, or I never, girl, I, I shouldn't be. See, honestly, I didn't even know when I first started. I'd never been to a comedy show, yep. never seen a stand-up comedian live, and then I went along to the Laugh Resort. It used to be at Pockets in Lake Street, and it's been long since been demolished. Mm. And I just went there, and it was like, oh, I just couldn't believe something like this existed. Yeah. And there was Todd Shilkin and Wurzel, and Dave Callan, they were all on the lineups, and um, Dave Lenny, some of those names you wouldn't even know. Some of them actually are dead now, you know. Yeah. And, and it was uh, just an experience. I just couldn't, it was like discovering religion if you're religious, you know, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not. But I just, oh my God, I've yeah. just got And, and now, now you own the church. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you give people that, that experience yeah. because people come that have never seen comedy before, right? Yeah, and they right. just show up to the it's lounge and they're like, I didn't know this was here. This is the most amazing night I've ever had. Oh, it's yeah. Infectious, and I brought a couple of mates along the other night, and um, you, you got us in, and they had a fucking ball terror. And the first thing they said as soon as we finished up, we are coming back, bring the wives, yeah. doing date nights. It's just a fun night. Everyone yeah. loves yeah. it. And what you've done there in over a long journey, I'm sure, and a lot of trial and error, but you've created such a, a fucking fun atmosphere that everyone can come and just feel free to have a good time. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what I. It's what I dreamed it should be like. Mm. And, uh, oh, I'm super, I'm so proud when I have a night, especially when it's a good comedy night and mm. people have all kicked goals and everyone's laughed and it really is a great atmosphere. And then I, my favourite is the sing-along at the end. the end of the night and we just have a sing-along and put a bit of you know, rubbish on and everyone sings along and it's just a good climax. It's been a good way to finish. To a, yeah, I enjoy camp, it. Yeah, yeah it's a, any any time where it ends in song, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. always a good good time. And it just it set, sets an atmosphere atmosphere for the rest of the night and yeah. Yeah, everyone's having a good time so yeah um, so uh, I won't start with what I started with because this sort of uh, goes well with yep. um, the, with our podcast and our theme about people's journey and how we got to where it was so you started off your first open mic and then you used to be a plasterer yeah and from what I, I learned you were working three jobs um, in England or here to support um, here um, so I I um so I, I did a couple of promotions myself and, yeah. um, you know, didn't make anything really. By the time I'd paid everybody, I didn't know what I was doing. And so, but I just knew that I loved that business. And mm. then I remember talking to Wurzel, who's uh, 
you know, a, a really good mate of mine and a great comedian and probably the, one of the most knowledgeable all-rounders of comedy. I, I go to Wurzel for advice. He's just absolute document, you know, an encyclopedia of, of knowledge. Yeah. Mm. And and I said, look, Wurzel, I want to get involved in this a bit more than the uh, five-minute open mics and that. I'd love to – let me know if ever an opportunity comes in. I don't know what, you mm. know, collecting glasses at the, at the, at the yeah. venue or something. And, he, well, and then one time uh, he wanted to uh, – he just had enough. I think he was losing a bit of money. He, he'd uh, – he just he just had enough. He decided he wanted to train as a priest, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm giving up the um, the the Wurzels Comedy Lounge. Anyone want it?" And where that was situated? That was at the Hyde Park Hotel, right? And oh that, wow! And uh, Paul Higgins was the owner of the Hyde Park Hotel, and. Um, yeah, so I took over from Wurz, and I mean, like all things, there was a, probably a little bit of who the hell's this guy, you know, this English guy, you know, there's not even a good act taken over. That's what I think about John Pinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but the reason why I took it over, and I think the reason why Wurz gave it to me was because um, I was working plastering, and that money I was making plastering was subsidising the comedy yeah. on the because it was just a Thursday night then yeah and uh, so I used to come home and my wife would say did you do all right tonight yeah yeah I think we did all right we didn't lose too much <laughs> <laughs> so I was plastering walls to pay for the pay the other acts yeah. and, and it took a, it took about six months before we turned a profit mm. yeah so if I didn't have a day job mm. I, it couldn't have. And everyone thinks it's just going to happen, right? Like anything they go into, if it doesn't work, oh, fuck, I'll try. But every business, or most business models, you lose money at the start. That's right. And you've, you've been doing two jobs and exactly what branch you did before I did is B32 Media. And that's, yeah. I mean, I'm not really on the same level as you guys, but I mean, I've got, fuck, three jobs. I do teaching and married celebrancy and my comedy mm. so you have to do stuff yeah. to do what you love and eventually you can do what you love full stop and not making money at the start is, yeah. that's part of the journey yeah at all times but um, yeah so you, you, you're grinding away you're grifting away and then after six months what happens and, and yeah I remember you telling us the other the other week at a meeting that there used to be jazz or something there as well yeah the jazz was on a Monday night um, it was a the Hyde Park Hotel that back room there was just the best venue mm. it was one of the top venues in the world for jazz mm. paul's dad um was a a really top-notch jazz pianist they had a great you know it was just such a great venue when it comes to jazz and comedy if it's good for jazz it's good for comedy because mm. they're a very similar thing in as much as you want an attentive audience mm. you don't want any talking you don't really want any dancing around you just want focus yeah. save that for the end the the karaoke. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah so um yeah that so um yeah, that, that was jazz going on a monday and for a long time um the sound guy al biggins was our sound guy he helped us for sound for many many years and mm. uh um, he's not with us now. Well, he's not dead, but he's not. He's not <laughs> yeah. Such a strange way to frame it. He's, not, he's no longer with yeah, us. Yeah. He's not dead. He's still around, but uh, he, 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 he's not on our team at the moment. Yeah. Just pull that uh, mic down a little bit more towards your mouth, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah. perfect. That's okay, I'm off the mic after yeah. all the criticism <laughs> I've said over the years. To no. Get on the mic. Oh, <laughs> look, that's beautiful. There you so, go. yeah, so we got the jazz club, then the jazz club stopped. Was that right? Yep. So the the Dan Murphy's, you know, the ALH group, they more or less, you know, forced Paul to sell. Really, they. Mm. I think the the thing was uh, whether I don't know if it's secret or not, but anyway, what happened was I think they said we're buying this pub mm. or mm. we're buying one up the road, mm. and we're going to turn it into a Dan Murphy's. And Paul's 
bottle shop would have done like a tenth of what Dan Murphy's are doing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I thought the writing was on the wall. So he, he sold reluctantly. And, mm. uh, and we, we were so broken hearted because we started to do well there. Yeah. Getting a good reputation. And, um, but then I took over, um, I went to see Chris at the Charles, you know, um, Chris Anglecoff at the Charles. And it's a different venue all round, but still a rock and roll, cool venue. And, yeah. you know, and we did well there for another 10 or 12 years afterwards. Yeah. And were you still plastering by the time you went to the Charles and you were still supporting yourself by doing two or three or had you committed full time? By time, um, I'd say about six to eight months into the Hyde Park, I'd stopped plastering. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even, I never knew that I was going to stop. I just thought it was going to be a, part-time thing just enjoy myself but I suppose I just got to the point where I thought I don't like plastering (laughs) (laughs) and I love this you know and like you do with a video and like you do with a comedy I mean Delby you're a teacher aren't you you know you you make pretty decent living outside of comedy yeah you know and but at the end of the day I think you like them all though, don't I you? I do, like, I love you, all of them. This is it. There's yeah. only enough time in the day. Like, you, yeah. you love yeah. everything, you know, yeah. and that's it, the enthusiasm. So I just thought, no, I, I, I think probably another turning point was when we moved to the, the um, we're still at the Hyde Park Hotel and our raw comedy, which used to be, you know, the open mic competition. Yeah. And we were just kicking goals. Like we were the biggest open mic night i think in the world at that time mm. i remember we did one one that we sold out is the regal mm. yeah one time we had that's i performed in that yeah, state yeah. theater that was really and, um, and the one before before we went to the theater the raw comedy um the producers at melbourne said johnny this is just getting too big at, 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 at the go um, back to plaster mate. Uh, <laughs> at the high part at the heidi i'm telling you we had i'm not kidding we i think we had 750 people in the Hyde Park Hotel. You literally couldn't get another one in there. For an open mic or just... For the Raw Finals, right? Unreal. And... The Regal's a thousand, and he just said, "Look, we've got to go." I mean, it was. It was. I just could never imagine that you could get that much. And mm. do you put that down to the time and like comedy was up and coming at the time, or was it just we had such a good reputation, or was raw building? What do you What do you reckon it was? Well, a lot. I mean, I'm not going to take you know all the credit. Of course, mm. you know, it, it's it was that there wasn't much else on. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, the last resort was still going on a Wednesday. There was us on a Thursday. At that time, there was nothing on a weekend. Is this 90s or yeah. it's early 2000s? This is two, early 2000s, yeah. about 2003, 2004. Yeah. Mm. And I remember, and there wasn't anything going on. Stand-up comedy was, even though we had a good scene with some good acts and most people are still doing the same now, they get to a certain level and they go to Melbourne or Sydney and that's still happening now why do you think that is I mean I love the scene here I, I can't even talk because I'm nowhere near mm. um, at that point but I've got too much happening here and I'm making good coin but I love the scene here we can get paid pretty well as comics we can go do spots if you hustle for yourself if you're getting spots regularly mm. and then people go over and unless you're at your top of your game from what I hear it's a bit of a you're far better off staying here. I yeah. mean, that, the reality is that you get more money, you get more gigs, and you get probably more quality gigs here, mm. and you can develop... Especially at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Look at everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy times at the moment. There's rooms springing up everywhere, but you're getting stage time where in Melbourne and Sydney, you're queuing, you know, you're waiting on a waiting list for six weeks to get onto an open mic night. Yeah. Here, 
people are getting paid after three, four, five, six <laughs> months in the business, yeah. which is just three years in Melbourne before people start getting paid. So yeah. it is the best scene here, but people just still think to get noticed, you have to go. Uh, yeah. Over. But I think, I guess it's all changing now with the advent of social media, YouTube. Pretty People can get famous in your bedroom if you, if you yeah. want to. But um, yeah, so sorry, I'll cut you off on your story. We were building, there was like 750 people at the Hyde Park and then he told you you had to, you had to go. He just said, oh, well, the, the Hyde Park um, sold, the Hyde Park Hotel sold. We went to Chris at the Charles. Yeah. That game was a big old sort of dusty old rock and roll venue, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and we were very happy there. there was, I was so upset when the, the, the Heidi went, you know, I never thought I was going to find somewhere mm. um, anywhere near as good. And it was pretty damn good at the Charles. Um, it was a but, lot of fun for well, sure. Well, the Charles was the first place I ever went to see stand-up comedy yeah. and um, it was a Thursday night and yeah. it's it was that cool trendy thing to go do you go on a Thursday you night you just stuffed it up you thought the skimpies were on that night. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, had I thought it was a Friday <laughs> yeah. that Friday was a skimpies <laughs> Friday was a skimpies. go there I always seem to forget something <laughs> 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 and I pick it up there but I'm the wor- I'm not the, the slightest like that in, that in any sense I'm so embarrassed if, if I had to if a naked woman done a lap dance on me I'd just die you know I could <laughs> but when I go there, I go pick up a banner or something. They're all backstage, all running around with no clothes on. Oh. I'm, I'm, everyone thinks I'm there as a dirty old pervert, but that's not the, tr- that's not it. Uh, not the truth. And uh, I mean, obviously, you need somebody to support you. Like Branch's wife was quite supportive, and you've got Jane, who I imagine has been there from day one, supporting yeah. you through the Heidi to the Charles and and to now. Yeah, that's right. Jane's been works on the door and. Does all the business actually? Jane mm. pays the wages. Does all the all the all the sort of most important things really? Because mm. I, I I don't even know <laughs> if someone comes in for to organise a gift card, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to work the till. That's the truth. <laughs> right? And they say, why can't you do it? I just don't want to do it because the thing I do everything else. I clean yeah. the toilets. Yeah. If someone's sick. It's me. I've yeah. got staff, but I'm the one that's scraping yeah. up the sick. You know, I do everything. So mm. the one thing I just don't want to start doing is the money side of it. You've you got to – wait, we've got to just – that's thrown something into my head. Pinder said, you've got a vacuum cleaner fetish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I have. Because yeah. you're always on the vacuum just cleaning that place. It's spick and span. I do like cleaning. I know. It's, it's, a, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. great for the club. Oh, and it? it's awesome if you don't want to talk to people. Too. Like, nah. <laughs> Just go around Sorry, mate. Yeah, what spots? Nah. <laughs> ask, ask Jane for the till. Man. <laughs> That's awesome. Nah. Uh, I've got a lot of vacuums. When I first got there, I said, I went into the cleaning company. I love going in there where they've got the vacuums and um, I forget what they call it now. But anyway, it's a huge, big cleaning thing in Osborne Park. And I said, right. Give me the best vacuum cleaner <laughs> money can buy. <laughs> but I should have said, give me the best vacuum, but not the biggest one, because it's so massive. It's a wet and dry vacuum cleaner. Uh. You can't get it out. It just will not fit anywhere that's, in the venue. That's uh. funny. On Friday nights, instead of the skimpies, he'd go to the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. I said, he'd like, bring me the biggest, yeah. most expensive yeah. one you can. Yeah. I'm ready oh. for a good suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought Pinder was just having a little a jive, but no, you've got nah. a genuine like, love vacuum. Like yeah. <laughs> but also that might stem from the fact that the, the Charles the floors there could have done with a good vacuum <laughs> yeah yeah. oh absolutely so yeah. what was the progression from the Charles um, to the premier lounge that we have today mm. so Charles um, we 
we made a living on a just on a Thursday, which is you know quite admirable, really. Although you're not, people think you're just working a Thursday night. You're not. You're yeah. running. You're trying to organise <coughs> acts from overseas, over east, and everything else. But um, when then um, again, what happened? John Conway, who we know. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone knows, we all know. So John Conway was going to Edinburgh. His comedy was doing quite well for himself and he wanted to go to Edinburgh. So he was doing Little Creatures, which was a Saturday night venue. Mm -hmm. And um, I basically bunged him a few grand for for Little Creatures to give him money so he can go to Edinburgh. And I don't know if it lasted in Edinburgh, he'd come back. (laughs) But by then, that was again another thing. took six months of hard work to build up. But I'm good at, when it starts off, you know, I just get it, see the opportunity and then I can build it from there. So Little Creatures was, uh, we're not there now, we've stopped being there, but it was a fantastic little room there and, you know, really, really great yeah, sound I've only just noticed that there's not many, there's no gigs down there anymore was that you decided mm. to sell it get rid of it and um, it's just too much well what happened we couldn't sell it because we haven't lease or anything like yeah. that but what I stopped going there to be honest it was because little creatures themselves the guys that first started it were just great operators yeah mm. ended up they're all multi multi-millionaires now mm. but when the the big company took over lion group took over it just lost its sort of soul, really. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And they, um, they, it's very corporate. They rebranded a couple of times. And to be blunt, their bad management yeah. cost me too much money. And I just thought, I've got my own venue now. And, yeah. I, and I want to put all my love and passion into that. And I'm certainly not going to keep throwing money. If, they want, to, else, if yeah. they want to decide to rebrand and it's costing me, that's their business. But I'm not going to keep going back for... Yeah, you know, losing more money. End so of the day, stopped. it is a business as well. Yeah. You've got to, yeah. you've got to. At the end of the day, if you don't make money, right, you're no good to anyone, are yeah. you? I can't pay comedians. I can't do anything. Yeah, you know? no, so, that's right. So um, you've got to. It's got to be show business. It's got to be both. Yeah. yeah. So the choice to move from the Charles to the city was because you decided, right? Oh, I want, I want to make it bigger, or it was just going well enough, or. You wanted to have your own place completely. What was the what was the thought? What I've, was the risk? What was the because it's all, a pretty big yeah it's a pretty big move. Big it is big. And when I signed the lease, I wasn't sort of a pauper anyway. You know, I, I did have hardly any mortgage, and you know, we weren't short of money, but yeah. we we're certainly not rich. And I just signed that lease with a view that. I would just go into the bank and get the, you know, three quarters of a million or whatever that I needed to refit that. Yeah. It, yep. was, a, it was a new build, so I had to fit it out. Mm. And when I went in there, they said, oh, no, uh, <laughs> you can't get, we can't lend you that money. And I and I've really was in big trouble. I didn't right. have any money. So I had a, a few hundred thousand of my own money, but I was very, very short mm. of yeah. money. So we had to basically... I had a little bit of money sort of squirreled away. I had a little bit of gold and, and you know, Ooh. stuff that I've accumulated over, yep. you know, my working life. Just gold's plastered into the yeah. walls. <laughs> <laughs> and everything went and uh, I sold everything. I, I maxed out my overdraft, which was a huge overdraft, mm. you know. And, uh, um, yeah, it was. we just about got over the line and opened up that venue. And, of course, I was imagining, doing all my calculations, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be selling out every week from day dot. Yeah. And I think the first, we had these um, 
show with three people from the UK company. You know, whose line is it anyway? There's oh, four of wow. them. Yeah. And um, we had like 30 sales for the first what? one. That's one of my favourite shows yeah. of all time. But, then but again, So I the didn't... English version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. So yeah. Even Drew Carey was on that one as well, wasn't yeah. he? Uh, oh, he, uh, these were – there was a lot of uh, political infighting between that, that, that brand. Yes. Right. And they were – they could say they were f- part of the cast – from the original series of Whose Line Was It Holland, Anyway. So one person t- yes. took the name. Clive, and- what's his name? Was the original, right, the English guy? I, I honestly don't, don't know. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you guys know more. I'm not, uh, I, I yeah. do know, know much about it like that, but I know that. So that's a bit of a shock. You, I didn't even know how much of a risk you took, so that's really cool because that's what we like to yeah, talk oh, 100%, about. Yeah, 100%, taking a risk, taking and, a chance. And-, and following what you love, but like to take that kind of risk and then it's almost gone, yeah, you've got 30 sales. Is it like what happened with the others where it takes six months, Absolutely. like everything, but to build again, which well, is strange. Had, yeah, <clears throat> and at the, fir- at the beginning, we, we not, I had a certain amount of money and I and uh, not my money. After I'd spent everything, I had mm. a certain amount of money left that I was borrowing. I borrowed a fair few hundred thousand off of family mm. um, and I didn't know how I was – what could I, you know, that would have been a nightmare if I couldn't have paid them back, you yeah. know, but I was borrow, borrowed a lot of money. And you need, you can't just live on 10 grand yeah. of, t- of cash in the bank. Yeah. You need hundreds of thousands. A, a of real dollars. comic would, but <laughs> not, for a, not for a family and, um, business, yeah. And uh, I, I know that when we first took over, I, I'm confident that I was thinking, look, I'm only losing about 10,000 a week at mm. the moment, losing money. Yeah. We were dipping our rent. Everything has to be paid. Yeah. But again, it took a, about six months, seems to be, before you've started breaking even. Yeah. You know? So I, I lost a lot over that time. I don't think people realise that either. No, no one knows. Um, yeah. And I never tell anyone. I think I've, it's always been my thing is I never plead poverty. Yeah. Um, I always pay my bills. I yeah. don't, no one has ever phoned me and say, you owe me money. Yeah. Okay. I pay all my bills. I'm the best person when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even if I've got no money, I will, I would have, somehow got people's wages to set aside so yeah. no one would ever know yeah. so I never go oh, Christ almighty if you if you all knew how yeah. little money I had <laughs> yeah. probably would have wanted work because you might be scared you wouldn't get paid you know but uh, so yeah you just bluff yeah, yeah. it's important though as well that you have that mentality rather than going fuck everyone else mm. that you look after the people that rely on you so that's pretty yeah. admirable mm. because some people will be like oh well, fuck yeah you know I'm done you're done but yeah well, it's good to know when I send, send the invoices <laughs> <laughs> that's right but yeah. I love the fact that it's it's crafted around this sort of this it's a comedy only room really and it's it's like when you go to for me the like I uh, went to New York and went into the comedy lounges that they have there and it's that real specific, it's a it's a, a lounge that's set up for comedy and that's the feel you get. You walk up the stairs and you walk in and it does feel like that comedy mm. cellar, that comedy lounge and, and you're there ready to laugh. Yeah. Um, is that the sort of, did you go into it thinking about the sort of places overseas? Absolutely. When we went to, uh, when we first, we signed our lease um, and then Jane and I went to, went, went to New York um, first of the London and then New York because mm-hmm. what we wanted to do was I mean we could only go to a certain amount of places you know so we thought well let's go what we consider the, the centre of comedy in the world yeah. which is London Comedy Store mm. or, or London and New York yeah. you know there's others LA and there's lots of other scenes in, in Canada as well but they're what I've always felt was mm-hmm. the, the thing and I thought well let's see the best of the best 
and what they've got. And it's there's a lot of things that um, that uh, appeal to me. And uh, there was a, a Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club mm. was the best thing I've ever seen in any venue anywhere. Just the vibe. It, honestly, the history was oozing out. Is of the that place. in London? Yeah, that's that place in London where you see on those gangland scenes where you know there's there's, there's yeah. always the you know the uh, underworld yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of uh, gangland shootings or something well, that's yeah. Ronnie Scott's it's usually the one that yeah. do but it's just I just thought this is exactly what I want so we went to the comedy store and uh, and then we went to New York um, and saw you know Seinfeld where Seinfeld was yeah. and yeah. those sort of little rooms and I thought well if I can get a little bit of an, an element of each of those experiences mm. yeah. and sort of mimic that mm. it can't be wrong I've yeah. got, no, I always exactly. felt you know when I first before I'd even got into comedy I saw Seinfeld and I just thought that looks really fun sitting there on a little table with yeah. the candle on there yeah. right next to the stage yeah. you know like that's really yeah. there's much intimate. nicer than a theatre on a, yeah. Yeah. a huge big venue like you know and I thought it's more nah. intimate yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's what I'm always looking for better experience for the yeah. for the comedian for the punter you know and I yeah. think it's a perfect mix I think the comedians really sort of gravitate towards that because you even look at like the probably the best of the best is Dave Chappelle yeah. and one of his recent um, specials it's, it's in, in a, a stool in a, in a stool in a, a, a like a grimy little pub like mm. a, an intimate little setting and that is that's comedy I've always I like the where you can catch where the energy doesn't dissipate so mm. At the lounge, it's it's at Shapiro's, at anywhere that's got the energy that's kind of it's weird because it's palpable. You can feel it, like it's nothing that you can measure, but you just feel that everybody's energy together, and it's it's awesome. That's what the lounge has got. That's you know on a heaven night. Some nights there are just oh, and then fucking unreal. There's some things. So like for example, and I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but when you guys were at the Charles. Getting some of these big names that come through, you guys get some big names come through the uh, through the comedy lounge all the time. But um, I remember seeing in the paper, and I was spewing because I had fucking yeah. tickets to see him. But Chris Rock just rocking up and, and doing a set. Like, what were you there that night? Does yeah, it, is, yeah. is that yeah. and yeah. what yeah. do you do? Do you just say to all the comedians who are on the night, "Sorry, guys"? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, uh, but Chris Rock's just rocked up and wants to run some of his material. Yeah. Well, with that one, in, I knew it was a friend. Of Chris Rock was a friend of basically an act that um, that lives in Melbourne, an American um, act um, that lives in Melbourne, and he just said, "Johnny, I'll have a word with Chris for you." You know, he's coming over, and next thing you know, the management rang me. You know, yeah. a few days later, I think it was going to be bullshit. You know, when someone yeah. says, hey, "I'll have a word with yeah. Chris Rock," yeah. you know, Chris Rock, you know, like it's one of the top. Well, I don't know, it must be top five. Yeah, yeah, names yeah. in the world to stand up comedy. Hundred yeah. percent. And. Uh, and I just thought it was a bit surreal. But anyway, the management rang up and I didn't know if it was a wind-up, to be honest. Yeah. I it was someone taking the piss. But yeah. anyway, he said, Chris will come, but if word gets out, he won't come. So yeah. um, I had to not tell. You know, I was dying. I was like, everyone, yeah, Chris Rock's yeah. coming. Up. I had to, if, I just thought, no one's going to keep, I couldn't keep a secret. Even yeah. someone had told me, you know. So yeah. I, was, I was thinking, don't say anything. So we, had, we knew about a week before. Yeah. But I just couldn't let the cat out of the bag. Fuck. Yeah, but that's also what was kind of is kind of magical, especially during Fringe and and that you had um fucking Jeff um what fuck, Jeff Ross not Jeff Ross. Jim Jeffries Jim Jeffries oh yeah. Jim just Jeffries rock yeah. up randomly yeah. like yeah. you know and you get these people just coming through and that's almost what the magic that adds to it as well so it's oh, yeah. it's unreal that's but, um, like that's when you when I first got into it 
and you see these moments like in London at the Comedy Store and you go down the stairs at the Comedy Store and there's Robin Williams and, mm. and those huge, huge names, you know, Steve Martin, that have all played at these venues. Yeah. And when you think of running your own venue, yeah. you just think, wow, one day, yeah. Lee Connolly, Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. you know, will maybe come to that and get on that stage. Mm. And it's, of course, they don't come to these venues, little, little venues like mine, because they need the money. Yeah. Mm. Jim Jeffries didn't want any money. <laughs> yeah. It cost me a couple of Burmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he just said, he just wanted to do it. Yeah. Because I, I think they all, every act, anyone that begins in this business, it's hard, hard work. And they know what it's, it's that honesty and that hard work. And they just want to sometimes just, I think, just say, you know what? Mm. Because they were Just when they were on stage when they were uh, starting out, s- some big star would have came in then, yeah, and they would have gone, "Whoa, one day, you know." Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of giving back a little bit. So yeah. no, that's why these big stars. I mean, well, we had um, Arge Barker, Peter Hellier, Russell Peters, yeah, Dave Hughes, yeah, Tom Gleason, and a few other big names who Just, were so, but not as big as them. On the one night, one time, rocked fuck, up. That was during Fringe, eh? Yeah. For Fat, fat Cave? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Brendan, um, you know, the booker who does yeah. all the booking for, you know, basically our right-hand man, he he said, I can't believe I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> like, he said, yeah. this is ridiculous. Just so, one of them coming yeah, through yeah. is a one selling point. One would have point. been a dream come true, yeah. but that lot is almost as if you'd say, no, you're taking the piss, yeah. it's not going to happen. They all turned up, and it, you get to the point where I'm thinking, I hope Dave Hughes doesn't do too long. I'm thinking that this is like, we'll be out by midnight, you know. Jesus. We only had license till midnight and I think it ended up with a, you know, because uh, people would never want these people off the stage. No. And, um, and we photocopied the lineup and mm. cut it all up for people and gave it to those as they left. Just yeah. say like, just in handwriting, yeah. that's the lineup. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. That, and I thought, well, and we've kept it on my board, pinboard in there, yeah. in the office, you know. And uh, What do you reckon the turning point was to get, you know how you were saying the first six months was a grime, was there a turning point or was it just that you kept having quality acts, people were word of mouth? Um, was there like, when was it, was, was it when Jim Jeffries showed up randomly, did things people start coming in hoping to catch something like that or was it just a gradual grind again i think what happened it's at first people just don't the customer you know the public aren't coming they it takes a long time to get word out there yeah um but then a few things like that like you mentioned a few stars coming dropping in mm. and people do like to think oh my god anyone anything can happen and often does that yeah. <laughs> anyone can turn off but yeah i i, I think it, it becomes the comedians themselves, the bigger names, start talking amongst themselves. Yeah. And I think just the fact that they want to be there, mm. then audiences yeah. see that's a cool place. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, we've all you've all been there when some, some magic happens. Yeah. You know, there's a, the app it's just the best feeling in yeah. the world. hundred percent. And, and um you want to be part of that. And you can't be part of that in watching it on telly yeah, you know, yeah you've got to be in the atmosphere Definitely. of things i mean we had that time uh not the big star but we had the smallest comedian in the world you know yeah and we had him in a <laughs> superman suit um getting body surfed through the crowd, the crowd in a yeah. Superman suit with the theme music of Superman. Superman. <laughs> well, you're not going to see that ever again, yeah. are you? For the rest of your life, that's a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you only that's live entertainment, and that's yeah. the beauty. Yeah. It can go badly. Yeah, go on. What, what's your what's your horror stories? Great oh segue. Oh, I'll, I'll honestly, think uh, you don't have to say names. You can just stuff oh. things that have happened, or I think no. Nah, there's not been. 
that many. I think probably the hardest part of the thing from a business point of view isn't comedians bombing. Yeah. Because be honest the comedians we put on, unless it's an open mic night, yeah. just won't bomb. Yeah. Every Thanks, comedian, Johnny. <laughs> say every act. That's so why I don't get on. <laughs> yeah. No, we get good acts. Yeah, so well, yeah, it's what, a job, right? If, you, right? if you're at the lounge, you're being paid to be good. You're at a level where you're good. So, yeah. of course, you can still get on yeah. yourself. Um, you get on and you go, do you know what? That was a that was a six out of ten. Yeah, But the set. audience would have said, oh, he's good. Yeah. But they won't go. Oh, you know, I'm going to go and talk to him after the show. But yeah. no one does worse than about a six mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You just don't see it anymore. Mm. You know, the only time you see people bombing is realistically it's an open mic yeah. act or mm. in the gong show or something like that, and yeah. we just gong them off. So you don't really get them moments, and haven't had too many moments of really nasty comedians sort of being evil to the you know to the yeah. audience and you know those awkward mm. moments is so it's really probably the, the worst negative is probably annoying punters that don't understand that they're chatting and shouting oh, and being yeah. loud and Fuck. annoying that upsets people have paid all their hard they've worked hard all week and they've paid their money over mm. to watch a show and listen to comedians yeah. doing what they do best mm-hmm. and some pricks bloody chatting loudly and being an obnoxious yeah that's the hard part you know yeah so that's funny because i got a few stories that come to mind straight away when toughly was on the other week oh god and yeah. the lady came back make him stop make him stop i'm like get out of the green room <laughs> and it's like yeah. you don't have to listen yeah and then you had the ladies that were being very pleasant to you Without um squirrely <laughs> oh well yeah we had squirrely oh, and, the and a bunch of karens Oh God! Yeah. What's your, what's your take on you on the PC brigade like that? Well, that does happen from time to time. Yeah. So, I think, to be honest, I'm not the in the PC thing. Yeah. Um, I'm a. I'm not. Most people seem to be in this business in the arts are quite left wing. Well, I'm not. I'm absolutely right wing. Yeah. I don't. I've don't you know i'm not a big i don't give homeless money you know I'm, I'm, <laughs> i think get a job you look able-bodied you know get off your ass and work like i've had mm. to and most people have to you know yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm a bit of a right winger but when it comes to the pc stuff i'm offended by them being offended so right. easily mm. i'm don't come to stand up comedy because the chances are somebody's <laughs> going to say something to upset you because you're such a pussy with your weak, <laughs> your weak sensibilities. It's you know, such a good way to put it. You know, don't come because those people that take easy offence easier, they're just like John Cleese is coming out. We're all tired of them and their views. Don't come. Keep indoors then. That's where you're safest. Yeah. Those people's sort of views, you drop a tray, they drop dead. You know, like, yeah. come on, just get out. Don't come. It's not the art form for you. Yeah. No. You know? And it's ironic because they somehow, it's the minority, the 1%, that somehow gain the biggest changes. This yeah. is, what is it? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. But yeah. it's good to know that the owner does not want you at the <laughs> club if you're going to be offended. Fucking No, I don't. I yeah. don't want their business. I don't want their money. I'd yeah. rather refund yeah. that group of people and it was actually most of those women that particular night yeah. with toughly most of them were very nice well-educated lovely ladies but there was a couple of obnoxious ones and amongst mm. them that you know like the 
the empty vessel makes the most noise is the yeah. saying you know like and well, yeah. Tuffley is he he's real like horror comedy yeah. he is like well, shot not horror just like he's just crass yeah but very. fuck he's funny yes and and it's said in jest but I I love Squirrely because he he'll say something brutal and bring it back and make it so you laugh come and, around and uh, come around but what Squirrely was saying was the other night that happened was he said his first line and then they went nah that's it that's they right. didn't even hear him out yeah. which I was like You've yeah, got to let him turn it. Yeah, because he turns it into a- It's really funny. Yes, and it's a positive <laughs> in the other- it, yeah. t- it turns it around. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly. Yeah. Uh, but then someone's a, had a few too many drinks yeah. and not willing to go along with- Give mm. him the time to explain. When you see Squirrely, mm. he's a lovely guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's and uh, he's a really warm, nice guy. And he's never offensive in any sense. He just- his setups are a little bit long, yeah. So people think, oh, oh god, yes, yes. But that's a, that's a, the craft that's the of his of comedy. Yes. Yeah. That then he then he takes you on that journey, and that's what a good joke is. And yeah. then he switches to another direction. And oh no, he doesn't mean that. So yeah. yeah. But no, those people at that particular night weren't prepared to listen to Tuffley or him and not and understand. You know. So look, yeah. as I say, oh, don't come. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. So you, your worst stories that aren't really with comics bombing or anything. It's more the people in the crowd that are. Yeah, that are too precious, I guess. Yeah. Is. And, and there is those times where people just try to get involved too much, and a good yeah. comedian will shut them down. And, and yeah, that's. But it's when they don't <laughs> let go and they want to keep getting involved. Yeah, yeah. the hecklers. I had a, a lady, another, and I'm sorry to say that a lot of the time <laughs> that's the ladies. It's, no, no, not just ladies. But I'm sorry to say it's it's us English. <laughs> I know. I'm you jingle up, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, often is, but this particular lady was from Northern England, and um, we told her many times, "Please be quiet. You're very loud." And we actually said to uh, her, <laughs> uh, Curtis, who's behind the bar, you know, that he yes. could look after himself. Yeah, yeah. Shut, he's, it's he, easy to shut a bloke up. It's very impossible. hard to get a woman, a drunk woman to be quiet because what can you do? Right. So anyway, he asked her a few times and he said to her, as you came to the bar, <laughs> inside voice, <laughs> please. Please. She came up about 10 minutes before the end of the show and said, are you the manager? I said, yes, I'm the owner. And she said, we, if it wasn't for us being here, we're helping, <laughs> chat and calling out and all that. And if it wasn't for us, no one would be laughing. Oh. We've made the show. Oh right? That's his own joke. And I said, ma'am, it's not, you haven't at all. Your voice and your loudness is annoying everyone around you, the comedians and people around you. Yeah. She said, rubbish. She said, anyway, and I said, well, look, just maybe just leave then if you're not happy here. And she said, you're a twat. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm the twat. Everyone yeah. heard that. So I'm the a, I'm a, a twat. And you know what? If I don't care, call me a twat. But you know, I just don't want these obnoxious people. Mm. Not all English people, I'm saying. But this instance, obnoxious people, I don't want them in my venue. I don't yeah. want their money. I would happily give them their money if they If, if only you could like work the it. till. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to give you your money back, yeah. but I just can't work this till. Yeah. Get the fuck yeah. He doesn't want to work this till. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, no, so it's not. Nah. That's great. And Curtis, he's, mate, he's the enforcer. You see him all the time, just straight out there, and he does well. Yeah. There was some blokes the other day doing it, though, and they didn't shut up even when he went and said something. So Anna... 
stormed oh, over yeah? there and fucking got pretty stroppy. <laughs> Bang. That stopped things very quick. Wow. So, well, maybe it's the yeah, enforcer. It's, it's the, yeah. the opposite time. Well, Anna's just very sweet and lovely, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah but no. I don't think you expected it. No. Can you please stop? Yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah. right in their face. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, we got our highlight, uh, lowlights, our highlights. Um, maybe uh, who's your favourite comic and why is it John Pinder? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> who's some of your favourite? I guess in the in the world when you, so you mentioned some of those bigger names, but right now, do you have a favourite and your local acts and, and or your Australian acts? Um, so I don't hardly ever believe it or not. Yeah. I almost never watch stand up because you always on Netflix working, or right? anything. Yeah. More the fact is, I just to some extent the magic does go a little bit yeah. in, mm. in this business. But when you get an act that's a bit different and it's so exciting and good to watch, and I'm trying to think, I'm a shocker for remembering names, but um, Sons of Fred, in my opinion, are the best act across the board. They're not yeah. like typical stand-up comedy. They're, yeah. not, they're, mm. not, they're not like um, Tom Gleeson. You know, they're just yeah. not stand-up comedians as such. Yeah. But just as an act... I mean, I've seen them hundreds of times, and you laugh, and every we time. still it's love always funny. it. The yeah. hairs on my back of my neck stand up. I yeah. just just love that entertainment that mm. they they. It's because it out. combines your two loves of singing yeah. at the end and yeah. comedy. Yes, yeah, so. probably. <laughs> and See, Jane I, and I sit and watch it. You yeah, know, we yeah. always watch Sons of Fred. And then uh, yeah. I with Mickey J from Sons of Fred. Yeah. I've seen Sons of Fred as well, and I agree, they're mm. fucking awesome. And Mickey J, I've seen probably five or six times now, within a small. Shorter period of time, and every single time, still funny. Just yeah, that's how I. That's love what it. I love about the Perth scene is that we've seen the acts so many times, and I can still see Pinder, I can still watch Wolfie, I can mm. still watch the boys, and I still laugh, yeah. even though I know all their stuff, mm. and it's just unreal. Yeah, well, that goes to the sort of feeling of stand-up comedy isn't like just telling the same song. Oh, you hear the same jokes, mm. yes, yeah, the, the same jokes, but it's so nuanced, isn't it? Mm. And Oh, it's also yeah. the energy of the room, isn't and it? You've, the feedback off everyone. Yeah. And it's, you see Pinder, it's like he's the same things he'll often say, mm. but each time it comes across differently, different. doesn't it? Different yeah. energy, different, you know. So, no, I never, I never get bored of seeing good acts. Yeah. It's a bit like when you see a good band that you like, mm. you know. You don't say to the Eagles, you know, Oh, Hotel California, you know. Yeah. And they're like, we're a footy side, mate. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've heard all that before, you know, and the yeah. same as comedy. Just because you've heard the jokes, it's just there's more to it than just what's said. Yeah. yeah. It's, the every, it's the physical, it's everything. I'm a big fan it. of, I just love watching any improv stuff that happens, any off the cuff, any mm. banter that. That's that, what you're that's very never good at. never gets repeated. Mm. You're very oh, good so at I've that. never thought I was good at that. I, I used to pry away from that. I was mm. quite scared of that. Um, but that's something that you want to work towards more, hey, is challenging from uh, the chats yeah. we've had. You want to challenge comics, get out of your comfort zone, try something different. So we've got Unscripted coming up. We've got yeah. a few different shows that force comics to be better. So what's your yeah? What's your aim? Because you don't want to just do stand-up, do you? You want to get like different mm. aspects out. Yeah. I mean, that that when I was doing comedy, I I had a certain character. I used to be very deadpan in my character mm. and, and – uh, and the original I, David Tuffley, <laughs> not yeah. too dissimilar to David oh, yeah. Tuffley, really. But and but I always wanted to be a bit more, I don't know, a bit more like Jim Jeffries, yeah, yeah. and say stuff that you perhaps shouldn't say, yeah. But I always fell back on that deadpan character, yeah. And so I wanted to be challenged, but you know yourself when you're up there, especially at the beginning of, yeah. your, of your career, you're scared to 
take any chances because you're worried you're not going to get booked if you bomb out on that particular That's a great yeah, point. Okay, you tried yeah, a new yeah. character where this way I think with the unscripted and any of these other you know shows that you're working on you know we're doing some uh, video over overdubbing yeah. and that and those shows just give comedians I, I think 99% of comedians want to be challenged and want yeah. to have a go mm. and this way they're going to have to yeah. give it a go it doesn't matter if, you, if it's not good I think a, an okay bit that's new yeah. is 10 times more powerful than a reasonably good bit you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I agree you know? so you know you, on the spur of the moment it just adds so much yeah, yeah. that's that, why I love doing comics versus rappers is because yeah. for me it's just different every time and you get a new challenge to think on your feet and and I try to incorporate that with any crowd work that I do as well mm. um, but I wanted to touch on um another thing that you said way at the start where you didn't think you were getting um, the the spots you deserved and that's a really common theme do you think it was because you weren't working hard enough or do you think it was because you just wanted more stage time was there not enough gigs around because that's every act that we've had on here always talks about when we first start comedy you just want more but then I didn't I realized I wasn't doing enough to yeah. to actually deserve that time I'm like oh I'm better than these guys and I was gigging like once a week so it wasn't until I actually committed tried to sit down do three four five gigs as much as I could so, and that's when the good stuff started happening and second layer question on that is where like you're scared that you weren't getting booked that you won't get booked the amount of conversations I've had where people are worried that you're going to see them bomb and not get booked but you don't nah. really watch too much you, is that you um, completely let Brendan take that side of things do you have what, what's your like yeah your input do you say yeah i'd love to see more of this guy i think so. probably um there's lots of um you might have to refresh me memory with the questions yeah but, yeah, yeah but the thing is that a lot of acts obviously you know i'm booking a, a really good room yeah or brendan's booking yeah but you know I've, obviously i work with brendan as well yeah and acts that there's a lots of acts i'm sure that i should be the same there are lots of acts that think oh johnny don't like me or yeah. um I, you know he's against me for some reason or I'm not against anyone I, I mean I don't really like that many people in the business <laughs> right yeah. yeah but I'm not against anybody yeah and I like good acts on that are on fire and just really doing good comedy mm. so whether I look like them on a personal level or not I don't care yeah just be good yeah and you'll get booked mm. yeah so it's not my fault that you're not good enough yeah if they're not getting booked yeah don't blame me for not liking you blame yourself for not working hard enough like that's great mentioned. so work hard you will get booked anyone gets booked yeah. yeah and we don't just give somebody one chance and they don't do well and that's it yeah we, we understand that it's an art and you can have a bad day and you can have a few times but i can tell straight from the outset that someone's got potential yeah like your Pinder, we keep mentioning Pinder, yeah. but Pinder's enthusiasm and his love for the business, yeah. that's infectious. And that's why we book Pinder, because he just loves it, you know, yeah. and and he's good, yeah. you know. Um, he's a nice guy, but that doesn't make any difference to the amount yeah. of times he gets booked, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Just be good, you'll get I love booked. that advice, because that's where I had to relook at myself and go, mm. you, no one owes me anything. No. You don't owe me a fucking thing. <clears throat> mm. I need to work hard, and, and until I put the fucking hard work in that's when it will come and that's when it did come yeah so it's great advice and for any comics listening just fucking work harder yeah uh, be be better but also you're working 
yeah. during the night. And it's like, when I first met you, I just, I was like, oh, Johnny doesn't like me. But it's like, you're trying to manage a fucking club. You're yeah. trying to seat people. It's really hard to go, oh, yeah, well, yeah, good on you. Da, da, da. Hey, oh, by the way, come here. Is there anything wrong? So people forget that, yeah. that you're running yeah. a fucking business and you're the face of the club. And the last thing you've got time for is to talk to every single comic that wants a spot. To have a chat, yeah. Because comedians, let's face it, if you're a comedian, you're pretty selfish. It's all about you. And that's <laughs> yeah. that's the nature. If you're not like that, then don't be a comedian. Yeah. It's, it's got to be all about you. You're not in the business. You, you want to be noticed. You're not mm, in the yeah. business that sort of shy away to the corner. Yeah. You know, so you want to be noticed. But look, we want to, I'm interested in, in what, you know questions you've got you know yeah. if you want to ask me things or come and talk to me if somebody's really that um, wants to know anything about why they're not getting booked or why they think this come and see me on a wednesday i'm there all day yeah i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make time for you and i'll talk to you for half hour but mm. i can't do it on a saturday night when yeah. i want customers to see and i'm trying to clean the toilets and change yeah. toilet rolls and do all that i just haven't got mm. i can't yeah. focus i've got to do the job in hand and, and that's one thing yeah. i notice as well like over time when you obviously it's been i think five years since i started and probably two or three since i started getting spots at the lounge but that was the one thing that changed is when you're not working easy to talk to easy to get along to and everyone's got this thing where it's like oh <laughs> I'm being ignored. It's like, no, fuck. No. That work. If I was teaching a class yeah. and you came into my class, we're like, oh, Delbs, like, do you reckon we could do some raps, man? I'm like, it's, fuck off. I'm trying to it's, teach. It's even happened a couple of times in only in the last four or five weeks where I know a few commit, like if I, I know Wolfie, for example, quite yeah. well now, and he was trying to have a chat to me the other night, but I'm trying to film and trying yeah. to take photos and- I, probably, I felt like an arsehole. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'll be back in a set. Yeah. Mate. Like, and I was just taking for, but yeah, you're trying to work. You're trying to do these things. So, I love Wolf. What, what's, do you like listen, watching <laughs> well, yeah, Wolfie? What? Is Wolfie like the oh. bane of your existence? What's uh, the. Uh, Wolfie. Yeah. <laughs> so, He's an enigma. What the fuck you yeah. want about him? I mean, I, I, yeah, Wolfie's. If Wolfie can contain himself <laughs> and, not, and not go off the rails, he could be the biggest thing. Mate. He could he's be fucking. He could be the biggest. Yeah. He's so talented. Yeah, yeah. But everyone's probably everyone's on the edge with Wolfie. You know, <laughs> Wolfie could end up outside the venue in one of the in one of the you know, you know with a hat outside and, and where did it all go wrong? Or he could end up in a filling arenas out. You yeah. know, and it's probably going to be one or the other. Amazing blast. There's, there's no middle yeah. ground with that yeah. with that guy. I think that's he's exciting to watch. Isn't I love he? watching him and perform. You don't know, and favorite. he really he's got a point of view he's not just yeah. a you know mm. comedy by numbers you know he he has got a, a legitimate interesting point of view yeah it's not normal and super it clever. which brings me to my next question fuck marry kill oh. my fuck oh. marry kill for you you gotta fuck one you gotta marry one you gotta kill one oh, and God. it's your it's your three pets wolfie yeah pinder mickey J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kill's um, gonna be obvious or we can swap Mickey J for Sons of Fred because that's an easy marriage yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well if it had to be Sons of Fred are good looking guys so. <laughs> yeah. right my wife's hanging out for that six pack. I'm pretty impressed when he does his shirt thing you know? so yeah so that'd be them uh, marry um <laughs> Pinder, yeah, well, he's, so, he's so lovely, yeah, because he's just so nice to be around, yeah, and, and wise. But I don't know if I want to kill Mickey. <laughs> Is it Mickey? Wolfie, oh, Wolfie. Yeah. yeah, probably. Kill <laughs> oh, Wolfie, yeah. don't do it. Wolfie, we love you. Yeah. Don't do it, buddy. Well, you used one. to have a bit of a rig back in the day. Someone posted a photo of you up. I think when it was around your birthday. 
Absolutely. Yeah. He was a whole Fred and a whole son himself. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Oh, God. Sons out, guns out. Well, the thing is, yeah, I was, yeah, I was 30 once. I was yeah. 20. I think I was about 22 then, you yeah. know, so uh, just before we got married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so uh, we've spoke a little bit about the PC stuff and then just new nights that's going on. we got Unscripted coming up. Uh, we had Sunday Singles. What was your take on the Sunday Singles night? And, oh, I loved yeah. it. Yeah. That was, that's my son's baby, that one. So, um, oh, I was thrilled. And you, you and Simone just destroyed with that you yeah. know you've done an excellent job of that it was just really so simple that mm. idea every i mean you do your own singles events yeah. anyway don't yeah. you you know and so it was just a simple way of getting single people along in a unpressured environment to mm. have a laugh and a bit of light entertainment and just under the brand that he's done so i was thrilled with it really and i think there's you know improvements as always every yeah. show i've ever done i've, I've never thought that's 100 percent right mm. there's always something that you change yeah. there's mm. a few things i'd change you know i'll talk to jack about it but no we was thrilled with that and it's a and a, that's a sunday where we don't do anything on a sunday typically yeah so that could be a new a new you know a little, little, market little, niche. little market particularly for it was huge yeah like it was just yeah it, it was sold amazing. it sold really well and i think that um no, it takes a certain act. It's not a, you know, like Delby, you've you've got that. You're you're a really affable host as yeah. well as a good comedian. You know, I think you need. It's a lot more host. Yeah. Than comedian needed mm. on that particular. Yeah. Gig. You know, you've got to think on your feet, haven't you? And oh, that was one thing know. I liked the challenge of was just the improv, the off the calf, the yeah. thinking on your feet, see what happens with and, it. Um, Emily, and you've got quite a few <laughs> <Yeah>. offers in <laughs> here. I mean, to get that many cars, you know, at the end of the, every show there, you get to give one golden ticket away to someone that you fancy. Yeah. I think Delby had a big wad with a last bag around it. That right? was just the men. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, it was a good, good little promo video floating around about that as well yeah so it was, a, it, was a good, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun um yeah i, I liked it man. i really i really did yeah and um yeah unscripted just, this saturday as well like yeah i'm looking forward to that oh yeah um what's what's the premise behind that do you know more about that or is that is that anna run that's pretty much of? anna's run anna anna's sort of uh took it over the she's a really good producer mm. and um like in my mind i knew like we've talked about with a video over Yes, dubbing over and those. I've got these ideas, mm. but I'm no good at. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to begin with that. So yeah. I know what I want. Like you've done it, and that's exactly what I was in my head. Yeah, and I think with Anna, she's taken the ideas from a few of us comedians, yeah. and yeah. we've said this is what we want. So let's see what. Because we tried one, didn't we, with the um, um, set list? Yeah, we tried our own set list, you know, um, but. The suggestions weren't. I couldn't even think. Yeah, no, no one. Could, I mean, it was good, but no one could think of. It was all Americanized, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It was. Yeah, I think the suggestions were very American because it was taken like it was based off an American sort of concept. But, yeah, um, point it down. Yeah, perfect. I guess uh, with that is is your um, what is your long term vision? Is it to expand the lounge, keep the lounge as it is with different nights? What do you what, what do you hope more to achieve from? Um, well, I'd like to have those, though, those set list shows. Those, because obviously, what I think is happening in um, Perth is we've got such a good scene, and I believe yeah. the scene here, even though it's smaller, is far better than the scene in Melbourne and Sydney. And um, 
I really am proud of the scene we've got here. I don't know why. Maybe we're isolated. Maybe we're not copying. We have not got yeah. anyone to copy, mm. but we've, we've got original talent here that's sort of next level. I love that. But yeah. I think th- let's also say that the downside of that is that we, if someone's a regular comedy goer, they've mm. seen Wolfie many times and you've got to, we want to see what Wolfie's got on the fly, on, you know, like that. that yeah at the spur of the moment. And I think we're going to see some terrible stuff, yeah. but I think it's like, Wolfie's great on the But we're going to see yeah. some really good stuff as well. Yeah. And you'll get through a lot of, you know, a lot of bad stuff for the gold, but the gold will yeah. be worth it. And I want the, you Matt, you know how good it feels as a comedian yeah. when you do something, it's spur of the moment. And yeah. then all of a sudden you go, I'm onto something that goes into the yeah. act. Yes. And then you develop, that could be a six, seven, yes. eight minute bit, couldn't it? You know, Delby often does it during the podcast. If he, yeah. something yeah. comes up, he's yeah, bullshit. You're right. Yeah. Him go on to his phone. You're right. Yeah. Down. Something. Yeah. I, anything that might come, come in as rappers or even the Sunday singles, anything that I go, Oh fuck that, that killed you. You, Tuck that away and it goes into your actual set. And, and that's, that's what you need. You need to be yeah. challenged and challenge. you need to run it. Yeah. That's the that's the key. Challenge is that challenge these acts because a lot of comedians and I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone in particular, but let's face it, comedians do prefer to sit around backstabbing and saying how shit yeah. everyone else is. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting and, into that. And mm. not <clears throat> and not working. Mm. Dave Callan oh, I think it was about fifteen years ago, I read an article and Dave Callan said if you put in 40 hours a week to your stand-up comedy yep. and what, treat it as a job, it will you'll reward you. Yeah. But let's be realistic. How many comedians yeah. are doing that? Yeah. I'm not saying how many. We've got some great comedians, yeah. but most of them are smoking dope and eating Mars bars and not working hard enough yeah. writing comedy in their downtime. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, that's... Again, that whole you know, but people moan at me. Oh, it's not my fault. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I want I, you to be I 100% good. 100% agree. Mm. And any time I've gotten better is when I've knuckled down and I spread myself quite thin. But when I knock it down and do it, it's like fuck. Why don't I do this more? Mm. It's like any job. Well, it's like if you're a footy player, you're going to train. Well, you're and you creating get an opportunity for them to get better. You're giving them one of the best venues in Australia yeah. that they can actually perform in front of a great crowd in the world actually in the world yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it is fucking incredible and we've got um, are you doing open mic again soon on when yeah was- I think we're gonna start doing we're, we're talking about Wednesdays being putting the gong back on Wednesdays mm. and maybe it'd be something like unscripted on a yeah, Wednesday cool. we, we really don't know where that unscripted show is going to go yet we don't know where it belongs Mm. it might be a saturday night or a friday night or it might be every friday saturday night late show for you know a short show yeah we just got to see how it how much fun it is really and and like in regards to the future um and you guys just recently had a a pilot episode on channel nine the the was it lounge live i think it was live at the comedy lounge and it was like in my opinion it wasn't it was not that good it wasn't what no. you guys <laughs> no, it, it wasn't like what, going to the lounge but no. it's what you said before where you've watched it and you see you know the magic and when you're at a lounge when you're at the club you've got the feel yeah it's really hard to replicate do you yeah. think that's something you can possibly replicate in the future yeah i, I think we can do a lot better mm. um than that and there's a classic one of again be just being honest I didn't have the control mm. that I would wanted for that. Mm. But someone, a nice guy, successful businessman, came up to me and said, I can take 
take do a recording of this these are the terms this is what i want to do we want matty hale and carmen mm. matty to host it who i'm a massive fan of matty Howe. he's just done a show at us he's a huge talent mm -hmm. carmen's lovely and also hugely talented but it didn't belong that didn't belong in the the way yeah. our venue we should have had ourselves emceeing and yep. doing it that way mm. and there were just things that I wasn't happy with but it didn't have the that sort of uh, grimy is probably not the word but it's it the, is it's like the atmosphere the atmosphere yeah, yeah it didn't have that real feel, it felt very corporate yeah it felt like a corporate that's, video yeah, that's a, that's and that's perfect. what a lot of people have said um, and yeah so we want to try and using you know yourself um, yep. and some some people that have just got the end of the day, it's all about love for the comedy. You know, yeah. I'm only interested in working with people that love the business. It's, it, the money comes along if you get that right, yeah. and it comes through. People know they. Know, I'm not there because I, I like money. Of course, I do. I love money, but yeah. I'm not there for money. Mm. I'm there because I just love this whole art. I'm yeah. a Jehovah's Witness about comedy yeah you know that's yeah. how i am i'm passionate i just not got come on it cures everything yeah. you know no one comes to <laughs> that thing and, and not has a good time yeah except for those ladies from england <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well they had a, probably a good time they still had a great the one. first bit yeah. but they just thought i was a twat towards the end <laughs> but i totally agree just doing and just fucking getting it done and mm. then the, as a reward you know you get the money as a consequence yep. that's what you don't have to worry about like i need money to do it just fucking start doing it and if you yeah. do it start well like it. you've always said every time i ask you about any financial side of our show, you're like, I'm not worried about that. I want quality first and mm. the rest will come, yeah. which is right. which is good. Um, um, but I like that, that you said that we have a great scene here in Perth. I've always thought mm -hmm. that us uh, comics homegrown here, anytime, and no, I'll probably get shut down by the PC Brigade, but anytime I see an Ava East act, 99 times out of like actually I shouldn't say that half the time yeah. the locals do better than Absolutely. the guys mm -hmm. that come from over east and I'm like oh, I wish I, We're talking <laughs> I was before, taking yeah. that spot but is that because it's easier to market you get people from over east you just like to rotate it through like, it's a bit like in the fringe when mm. you see someone that comes from the UK or the states their shows are usually packed out aren't they mm. and then there's a acts like I'm not saying even again I'm trying to think of example but there's good acts mm. that I've seen that don't do good business in fringes mm. that are 10 times the acts that are selling out big tickets because mm. they're a novelty they're from overseas oh they must be good mm -hmm. or they're from Melbourne or they must be better than us yeah. and I've, I'm so over yeah. tugging the forelock mm. to overseas and Melbourne acts as if they're the, they, they've got all the answers yeah. Melbourne Comedy Festival in my opinion as as sort of be honest they need to reinvent themselves you look at the sydney uh, sydney comedy festival and uh um as an as a talent agency as well they're a lot younger and a lot sexier they've got better they've got more answers mm. than melbourne have they've gone past melbourne as far as i'm concerned yeah you know so I, i'm i'm over sort of tugging the forelock to to That's them and, more spots you know. for local acts baby <laughs> <laughs> well i mean if i had to if if i was a multi-billionaire or mm. even if I, if i have a lot more money than i've got now my, my absolute perfect world now would be getting west australian then secondly australian mm. talent elsewhere in the world yeah and good you point. lot are doing that you're in london at comedy store and you're on you're in the, the venues in the uk and then in turn we'll get them acts over here yeah so everyone's getting a fresh new act mm. love that but you want to 
what do you want to you want to go over as far as, as far as, as you can and, yeah. and be seen by as many people and that's what is, is about it's all about getting yeah. your jokes out there and getting the buzz for that yeah. and then they come in that way everyone wins yeah. you win the overseas acts that are coming here win like yeah. comedy exchange our audiences love our locals but at the end of the day you only you're going to come 10 times yeah, yeah. you're going to see wolfie four times and pinder three times and you yeah. twice you know and there's nothing wrong with that yeah. but if you're going to have a live scene that is seeing something fresh and new it's every buzzing, time yeah. then we need to rotate mm, the talent yeah. and, and and at the very least get um us to melbourne and we're doing Some a, we're, exchange, we're bringing yeah. them here all the time yeah and they have done for years. I bring them all yeah. over, mm. but they don't take us there. I phone up Adelaide and a few other venues. Oh, can you take this one on that one? They won't let you down. Oh, we have, we're booked out for a year in advance. I mean, yeah. don't, they're telling me I'm no I'm better than them at running venues, yeah. and they're telling me this stuff that I know is not true. Yeah, I can get any act on any time mm. if I wanted. If it. you want them, yeah. I just say to someone, "Can you just not do it tonight? I'll still pay you, but we want to get Bill Blogs on." Yeah, you know, you, of course you can do it. Yeah, but there's just not that willingness to sort of work together yeah it's weird that is a quite a comedy vibe which i think is changing with some of the core guys like pinda wolfie we want each other to do well mm. but when i first started there is a lot of like tall poppy syndrome or people have this feeling like there's only one spot and if it's not me then fuck you but it's like there's not just one spot to be one you know, there's not one yeah. like the oh shit, I've won comedy now. Now I've made it, but you should be pumping each other up, and that's what exactly. we've got. Like me, Camera, Clara, and Pinder, Marsh, Wolfie, everybody is quite happy for each other, mm. and we'll try and cross promote, get each other gigs, which is great. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that even happens between states yeah. and, and promoters, where yeah, it's disappointing, but it's better for the uh, yeah, it will be better for the scene. Yeah. Uh, Even like um, speaking to M Krause the other night, she, the yeah. first thing she's, she, a, she's one of the sweetest people on the planet. She well, asked you know? me about me, uh, my first little open mic thing that I did, and was just so supportive and, yeah. and even trying to give me tips and yeah. stuff like that straight away. Like wants me to succeed. all the motherhood, the they're motherhood great. are fucking. They are. They're like they're, well, they are. They're mothers, <laughs> but, they're, but they're like mothers. They're, they're like it was. She was acting like my mum in comedy, just trying to help yeah. me along and and. I've had Pinder is sending me jokes to try and um, get me on board, and uh, Wolfie's just saying, "No, nah, you fucked it." But <laughs> um, uh, toughly again. Um, yeah. One night I was on with him, and he um, at the a footy club, and he gave me some tips straight away as soon as the it finished. And yeah. I don't get offended. I thought it was this is yeah, but it's, it's exactly what John said. It's like you work harder and you get better. The people that are complaining and saying, "Oh, it's not fair," they're the ones that aren't. Putting in, right. they're not the ones that are that are trying to do the thing. There's no, there's no problem in this business that you can't fix by being funnier. Yeah, right? yeah. All doors open to someone that's funny. You can be an obnoxious twat, yeah, <laughs> and still get booked if you're funny. Yeah, right. But you just got to work hard, and that's it. Just do the hard work, you yeah. know. And I'll tell you what, the, the better you get. The door's open. That's, that's as simple as that, you yeah. know. There's no one that's absolutely fantastic that isn't working hard, that isn't doing well. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you look 
look at the money he, he's earning left, right, and centre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean, he makes a he makes a week's wages on one day. Don't you? Just doing weddings and that. Well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I bust my I hustle. You like, work hard. Yeah, yeah. Good. I don't I don't know what people do. They finish work and that's it. I don't do that. I finish work. I'll have a feed. Go yeah. to the gym and then I'll go to the lounge or I'll book a or I'll write a mm-hmm. wedding or I'll whatever I'll mm-hmm. work on something else and then my night stops at 10 10 30 yeah you yeah. know that's it's- right we're well, working hard and that's the old saying it's funny the harder I work the luckier yeah. I get yeah. You know, yeah people think you're lucky you're not lucky you're because you're juggling all these things yeah and one of them if you've got seven projects on the go yeah the chances are that one of them might kick if yeah. you just got one project if that don't work you've yeah. got nothing you know yeah and that's it you got to put in the hard yards but even yards. still i've yeah hard <laughs> yeah. yards and the hard yards but even yeah. still i want to improve my comedy i want to get more so i've designated time now each week so on top good. of this stuff just to write and do shit and make sure i'm trying to get new stuff out so yeah i'm gonna try to get booked more thanks johnny no <laughs> but, uh, well you, yeah and that's uh you, you spoke about it with mush the other day you guys yeah. literally sit down and, and sit run down. jokes by each other yeah. and, and that's what you sh- stuff. i mean it's what you should be doing anyway but it's always better to have somebody to bounce your ideas off i think mm. but um again i'm pretty raw in the comedy scene i'm still fairly fresh you know i'm mm. doing fuck all compared to some people but i still love it i enjoy it but you you work so you're still working so hard and that's because you're still trying to obviously balance the the teaching and i know you you love the teaching i'm in my just from the outside i I feel like eventually if you could go full-time with the comedy and stuff you would and you would be doing that but um Um, yeah yeah i mean mean, who knows i'll go crazy in the daytime yeah exactly but you could you'd be putting that time yeah into comedy or yeah. you'd be putting time into running shows or whatever. You're yeah. that type of sort of crazy, obsessive sort of person who wants to really be successful and, in well, whatever you're doing. If you're not getting if you're not getting booked, you can do what you did and whatever you can start your own shows and hustle and <coughs> get on stage and mm. get better that way. So well, we, yeah, it's never We're getting plenty of messages now to the podcast about people saying like it's really inspiring to hear some of these sort of stories that we're talking about and And, uh, Johnny's one yeah but and and yeah exactly you're a perfect example but some people they still they hear what we're saying like just on the side just start hustling and start grinding and trying to achieve what you want to do even if it's at night after work once you're kids have gone to sleep whatever it is you, there's a chance for you to do it yeah no one's um, going to give it to you but yeah exactly yeah. if you don't fucking start you'll never achieve it that's as simple as that you just actually have to try yeah. and you can there's a business to be made writing comedy mm-hmm. yeah. some people are excellent <coughs> writers and we all know acts that are really write well yeah and we also know acts that write well that perhaps shouldn't be performing and it's not a crime yeah. but then write and give that to someone that can perform. Yeah. You know, or, you know, because some people can do both, obviously, mm. but a lot can't. Yeah. You know? um, so there's business to be made there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such an it's never it's never finished, is it? You're no. always getting better. You're always looking for more mm. laughs. You're always looking for yeah. bigger bigger crowds. You know, there's no end to it. There isn't. Nah, and it's great because you can always fix a different aspect if it's yeah. whatever it is. It could be you want more people, you want more reach, you want more better like i've been focusing on my improv for the last year that's my been my focus off the cuff because i used to get scared i shit myself oh what do you do for work i'm an architect okay that's cool thanks anyway i'm single uh, <laughs> and then you, sh- you bail out of it but now i've gotten more comfy i'm like Taking i'm not chance. as worried about bombing at the lounge if i'm doing crowd work literally from a conversation we had a year and a half ago where you wanted comics to get out of the comfort zone that stuck in my head and that's why i started doing my freestyle at the end of my sets because I was, I was fucking scared to do that 
because I was doing that at other places mm. and I'd never done that oh. in front of you. So <laughs> we had a chat and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. And now it's something that you're always like, all right, Delph, just end on the song. Well, yeah, I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but it's a fantastic ending and you I don't think I've ever seen that not be nine out of ten yeah. you know it's it, it's and that's it once you can improv yeah you, you're never you're never scared are you nah. because you know somewhere down the track you're going to pull something out yeah. and it's going to be good yeah and that's a great thing yeah that's why i love watching ben Dars. he was the one that mm. i was i watched what he was doing with his crowd work stuff and and then kyle legacy as well was one of my favorite guys that they can go out there and they're not scared because They've done it for so long and, and it works and it's fantastic. Well, even it was the last weekend or the weekend prior, Peter O'Thorne, just it was, I think it was 75% crowd work. Yeah. I know he was working in bits Plus through he's the done crowd it work. For 30 years, exactly. Yeah. And he's just People got, forget that. he's got a body of work to go back on. <laughs> for yeah. Like, he, as soon as someone brings up something, he's heard it. Yeah. So he can just work it around. And yeah. it was just, that was awesome to watch yeah. as well. That style, that, that, the senior head, you yeah. know, doing that. But um, something that we do ask all of our guests as well, because um, we have a when we get the comics on, we do fake news, so mm, yep. just news stories and how you're far more interesting than our comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you heard any fake news about yourself about the comedy lounge? It could be even in high school or like you know random rumors that haven't been true. Has has anything gone and spread around you that that sticks out that? You know, you've heard either about yourself or about the business, or, or even about comics or anything. Oh God! Um, no, I'm, I must be terribly boring to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, and I, I don't. What I, I don't make a habit of doing is I don't know what anyone's doing. Yeah. I don't know what other clubs are doing. Yeah. I don't care what people think of me. You just right. focus on you. Um, I control. I can control what I'm doing, mm. and that's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, can't be worried what other people are saying or thinking about me. Yeah. I would imagine that there's a f- quite a lot of people think I'm a twat, and a lot of people don't like me for some reason or another that don't know me. But most people that know me know I'm passionate. Mm. I care about what I'm doing, yeah. and I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. And those few I care about and will worry about, and the rest of the world. Well, if, care. if yeah. you're comfortable enough yeah. with yourself to be yeah. that confident that you don't give a fuck, then yeah. you know within yourself that yeah. you're a good person. Yeah. And is that um, you don't worry about what other clubs are doing? Is that because you don't want to get influenced or you just don't give a fuck what they're doing? Well, the thing is, it, it's nothing to do with me what they're doing. I mean, yeah. I, I started because I felt I wasn't getting the, the gifts <laughs> I deserved. Yeah, yeah. And how can I then condemn someone else yeah. for having Don't a go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, as it happens, there's a lot of them are doing all right. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, and I don't believe, even though I like, I've got a, a, like a monopoly at the moment in yeah. my club, you know, my only, the only purpose-built club in WA. Yeah. I'd like to uh, expand the brand and buy another venue, Um who, and I'm, I'm always looking you mm. know I fancied buying that there's a venue for sale in Broome that yeah, I want to buy you know? that, yeah. um, but um, I don't know if I get my missus over the line <laughs> yeah, I'm going in October I'm going to have a look at it but uh, are you? Um, so we're always I'm there in the end yeah. of October as well yeah. oh, we might <laughs> have a look together yeah, we'll but, uh, look. <laughs> no so but I think there's such a we've we've maybe as the comedy lounge we might have hit 2% of people have come through yeah. and been once or twice. Mm. So there's all that. There's, there's so much more business out there. Mm. Yeah. And of course, I want a lot of that business. Yeah. But there's others that are going to get that business. And this competition is not going to stop me. Yeah. You know, if they're working as hard as me and doing what I'm doing, mm. good luck to them. They <laughs> yeah, make yeah. a few bucks and all. You yeah, know, I'm yeah, not yeah. I'm not 
put out by competition. You're not yeah. never going to stop it. Yeah. So you just have to embrace it, really. Yeah. I've found that, and a different field, but I found photography and videography. There's a lot of very competitive, very. It makes you better, though, right? Yeah. Well, I just don't give a fuck. I'm mm. the. I'm this exactly like mm. you. Well, I'm. I'm if. If you're doing well, fucking awesome. No yeah. worries. But there is that sort of like, oh, I've got to be better than him mm. in that field. And the same as no. comedy, man. Yeah. But and it's so weird. You're not the same as any other comic. You can only be you. So yeah. you can't well, you can't be someone else. And you I can't s- do that. And I see those same people who I know are a bit like that and they say things about other people who are in that field mm. and they're still not, they're not full-time and yeah. I'm full-time doing it. So I know that I've, the focus on myself is far more yeah. important than and caring I, about what anyone else yeah. is doing. And the other thing I guess we didn't touch on was like we've had the privilege and we're lucky to be out of lockdown with COVID. So what was that mm. like for the lounge and was that something that – again, put you back and you freaked out because you didn't know what was going Like, no one could plan for that. No, that's was right. That, what was that like to face? Um, to be honest, it, at first it was, oh, my God, you know, we've got no – nothing's happening. Yeah. You know, we've got no no shows. Mm. And it took me a couple of weeks. And then after a couple of weeks, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, I, He's at the vacuum shop, <laughs> cleaning the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it it was okay, you know. Yeah. I, I I had a it was a forced holiday yeah. that I could do nothing about. Mm-hmm. So I just I'm a bit of I don't know what the word is it a pragmatist? <laughs> yeah. I don't know Pragmatic. what that was. Yeah, yeah, I just think, well that's in front of me and that's what I'm gonna deal with. Yeah. So yes, I've dipped a bit of money, but big deal, you know, mm-hmm. that'll come back. I I say what well, I'm not earning in the three months when this these restrictions okay. lift, yeah. the place is going to go mental, yeah. isn't it? We've been selling <laughs> yeah. out every week, yeah. so it's unreal. And I reckon uh, WA is the best place, it literally is the best place in the world to be yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah. let alone now with yeah. the virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the best place, Australia's the best place in the world, let mm. alone WA's the best place in Australia. So, yeah. you know, like, again, I can't believe it. When, did you, get, to be when did you come to Australia? Um, I was 27. I came in 19... 19- 88. Is right. Joondalup a foreign country? <laughs> wasn't there wasn't Joondalup. Oh, oh fuck. Um, it went up, I think there was um, up to about as far as, uh, oh, God, um, where the Bunnings used to be. Up, you know. Uh, Wanneroo Road, uh, Ocean Reef Road. Ocean there. Reef Road, Bunnings. I think, I don't even know if Bunnings was there then. I don't think the freeway was that far up fuck. to Ocean Reef. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you had Wanneroo, but I know there wasn't a. There was a dirt track. Yeah, dirt track. Right, yeah. yeah. What was the um, What was the incentive to come out here? Like comedy was the furthest thing from your mind. Was it you had a family already? You started a family? You wanted to we have had more a, opportunity? I had a 18-month-old daughter. Yeah. Um, when uh, when we came out here, we we were totally naive. I think that's been my biggest superpower. Yeah. <laughs> has been not knowing yeah. that I can't do things. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And, though. You know, so yeah. it, we just do it. Yeah, and coming out here, no job, no nothing. Um, I mean, I, I'm a plasterer, and I, I wasn't a bad plasterer, but I wasn't even a bloody proper plasterer when I come out here. Yeah. I'd done a six-month course in England, yeah? Um, I used to work on the London Tugs, yeah. you know? That. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so I worked at the the, the, at the uh, barrier, you know, the Thames Barrier, yeah. and up and, down the Lun- up and down the river, you know, as a tug, as a, a cook on the Tugs. <laughs> and then I gave, I didn't like, I don't know why, I was earning so much money, but anyway, I decided to give that up. And then I... Um, it's hard to give up a tug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, we, then we... Um, I ended up... Um, 
buying a truck and just doing all sorts of stuff in England and then uh, thinking, no, I think I'll become a plasterer. So I went on a course and then from that point I thought, Australia looks nice. Yeah. My sister-in-law, she came out here and loved it. Yeah. And she came back going on how good Australia was. And up until that point, I don't, I don't even know if I'd been abroad. <laughs> I'd been to France on a day trip. That was it. Yeah. And uh, we just sold our house and came to Australia. That's we applied for immigration. We came out and we, li- we lived in Sydney. Um, we arrived in Sydney at Ramwick. And then uh, we was there for about 10 days. And then we went to Tasmania. Oh, great choice. We didn't even know where we were going to live. Yeah. yeah. We went to Tasmania. We didn't like Melbourne. Then we bought a house. We rented a house in Tasmania. Uh, for what was that like? Was it pretty serene or was it too it was, far from everything? It was so quiet. It right. was like, yeah. it was in Hobart, which is, is the main place or yeah. the capital yeah. of, uh, you know, of Tasmania. But it was very, very quiet. And because of our accents, <laughs> we just stood out. Like, yeah. Honestly, the nah, Use English it, aloud, like yeah. at the clubs. It was all a little bit. <laughs> 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 and I just thought, oh, no, we can't. I remember, I, I was I was working at the they were building a new entertainment center. I remember it was seven o'clock in the morning. I got to work and I thought, nah. I just, <laughs> I just turned the car around and broke our lease and we went off and we drove That's to Adelaide. We so had a funny. we had a bright yellow bloody Ford laser with an ironing board and all our worldly possessions on the top of the roof rack. Oh, yeah. And we drove from uh, across the ferry and then we drove to Adelaide and in that six months we was in Adelaide. I bought a house and then sold it <laughs> and then moved to Perth. Oh, and we was we loved Australia, but we just couldn't settle. But yeah. um, we were sort of heading home. We were getting a bit nearer to West yeah. Australia. We'd have seen Perth before we sort of go home. Yeah. yeah. And um, But then we got to Perth and I just, I don't know, we just loved it here. It was, mm. it was, we got everything, eh? We got the yeah. beaches up north. We got and, the wineries. Uh, we got Coral Bay. We got, yeah, it's unreal. It and, is good. You know, and I've been back to the UK quite a few times. And every time I think, oh, my God. <laughs> the best thing I've ever done for <laughs> me <laughs> and my family has come to this country. Yeah. You know, I just love it here. Yeah. So you left Tasmania because people could tell your accent? <laughs> I just felt like, like that like was a, racism? Yeah. <laughs> was, we felt a little bit like freaks over there. Yeah. I'm not joking. I felt we were too good looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not hard yeah. when you've only got one head. Yeah. <laughs> so to, and it was so, and I think there was no shops open on a Saturday. I mean, yeah, it was so, so not, so foreign to us, even mm. though it was wonderful and beautiful and scenic. Yeah. And Perth just, shops were just closed on a Sunday. <laughs> like, well, oh, you couldn't even, when we first got here, you couldn't even go to a garage. You have to, it was a rostered garage. Wow. You'd go to, you know, this was, probably use only about two then because yeah. it was 30 odd years ago yeah. Yeah. and you'd go to get the uh, the petrol but you couldn't just drive they was all shut except one that was in you know Belier or something yeah. 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 Uh, um, i got uh, one or two more questions if you've yeah. got the stamina is this from uh, yeah this is from Pinder Pinder oh, we're not him again what's uh, it <laughs> uh, well they're both Pinder and Wolfie and and just w- done we a won't read any of Wolfies is it about time you got up and sang some of the karaoke that you're so fond of mm. at the end of the night when are we going to see you up there well i used to get up once or, t- or twice at the beginning of the karaoke when we first started doing it because no one else would get up yeah. so I'd, I'd go along and sing, sing tom jones yeah. but it's not unusual yeah. to see you up yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh no i've just got such an awful voice last, <laughs> last time that's what the tasmanians yeah. thought yeah <laughs> 
my wife, she says I've got a, a really shrill sort of girly voice. And no so way. I was I was singing uh, What's squirrely got then? Yeah, oh yeah. So she's uh, she says uh <laughs> yeah, that's what I sound like. So I just feel so I can't. I don't want to humiliate. Oh, myself. you know what we're requesting at the end of year. I'm sorry. Dancing I've queen. just read through some of these messages. Yeah. And Wolfie, nah, not Wolfie's quite. one's a good one. Super Bell. Once a year, it gets hit by a comic, and you have to get up and do five. Yeah, I like that idea. What do you, what do you mean? Oh, like Johnny. Like instead of at the pub where you ring the bell and you got to shout everyone. Yeah, a comic gets to ring the bell. Yeah, and Johnny has to get up and do. I know five. that. I mean, I'm so tempted to get up and do five. <laughs> yes, I really am. Do but it. the thing is, is what what stopped me getting up was a few times <laughs> I didn't do so well, and it you lose a lot. Of, the you get you can lose a lot of respect. <laughs> Comedians lose a lot of respect for me, you know, because I'm telling I'm the say I'm the sort of full of advice. Yeah, what you yeah, yeah, do, yeah. What, This is what you should do, Delby. And, yeah. these, and everyone's and listening because he he must know. Yeah. Then what when I get up there and die terribly <laughs> and don't get any laughs? You've just told so, everyone yeah. to take a chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I can follow. I can't follow my own advice. <laughs> time. No, yeah. when you've got a bunch of like professionals on yeah. for the previous yeah. two hours, yeah, and it doesn't help when Wolfie's at the back going liar. Liar! You're a liar! <laughs> oh, yeah. Half of these you can't. You, you can't. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. He's no good. No, those ones are all good. Which um, one? No, all the ones that I read, they're all. Oh, tough. yeah, they're fine. They're yeah. fine. Yeah, there's a couple I've just <laughs> seen them as we as we went through. Anyway, um, yeah, is there anything else coming up that you want to pitch? Yeah. Or plug? Not that we have this whole episode has been a fucking comedy lounge plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been awesome. Oh, God. Um, how, how's your experience been on a, your first ever podcast? It's pretty. I've loved it actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty, pretty good. Just have a chat. I hope I haven't been. No, my you've... wife says to me every time, <laughs> "Let someone else talk." <laughs> this is the perfect platform. Yeah, this is the opposite. We want can you to be talk. A boring and talk. Sometimes I'm halfway through my own conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, boring. I'm boring myself here. What's, no, it, yeah. what's it like for anyone else? No, so, I yeah. think uh, this is going to really resonate with. Especially, we have a lot of comedian listeners. Yeah. Um, so I think um, it's just nice to to sort of get to know you more mm. as well yeah. and um, and how the comedy lounge come about and sort of I hope I've still got a job yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. what's the have you seen anything other than the little dude um, I forgot his name but super, doing Superman yeah any other crazy things you've seen I remember seeing John Robertson for the first time and that was <laughs> oh, yeah. like no microphone someone stole it um, yeah. <laughs> he was just <laughs> yelling across the stage like what? that was different I haven't yeah. seen anything like that before yeah he's he's a so crazy that guy yeah. yeah but super talented um actually that i got that idea off of him and wurzel that did a thing called super dub mm. okay about these voiceovers yeah, for the yeah. different commercials yeah. and all that and that that's what i remember thinking what that's such a great yeah concept yeah you know and I, so that yeah that he's a, a super talented guy yeah but you're right he's totally crackers yeah. isn't he he's yeah like a, but it's great to watch know, he's uh but he's so energetic i think he's doing pretty well for himself yeah over and uh, and he's a hard hard working man yeah. you know he's he's one that puts the effort in yeah many a lunch i've had with john robertson over the years yeah. he used to he used to go out to lunch with him and he'd really want to you know, I don't know. It was flattering, really, that someone was listening so intently to yeah. what you're saying. You know, mm, and I yeah. think he's followed all sound advice. And now yeah. look at him; he's gonna—I'm sure he's gonna be a superstar. He's—he yeah. does that. Um, quite the dark room show, 
which uh, you know where it's, it's, oh, it's, it's in totally, the dark. Yeah, so it's, it's totally in the dark, and he just does his. his you see him, I think, and he just lights his face That's up. Pretty cool. oh. It's a bit scary. It's a bit weird, mm. but apparently he's doing really well with that. Really? Cool. Is there anything else that strikes like something where you've looked on stage and go, "What the fuck? This guy's or this girl is. This is insane. This is different." Um, God, no. I'm, I'm again. I'm, yeah. I'm a shocker. I should have. Prepared no, that's all right. and come no, up no, with something no, more. more uh, if something doesn't spring to mind, then it's yeah. obviously not that not that out there. I just remember seeing John for the first time going, wow, <laughs> that is different. Like he came out and stood on a chair and like he's like, I don't need this microphone and then just fucking what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, it was, it was cool though. It worked yeah. really well. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, upcoming stuff, stuff you want to plug, um, people want to come and see. No, really. I think probably the most excited I'm around at the moment is the is those new shows like the unscripted yeah. and I mean and for us we're all at this, you know watching comedy all the time. Mm. But what is always such a wonderful thing for me to watch is someone that perhaps never been to see comedy before. Mm. And I remember when I first saw it for the yeah. first time. And these people are sitting there; they don't know what to expect. They come up the stairs, pay their money, got yeah. their tickets, and they sit down at this cool little place with a little candle and a small table and watching and and then and I think and then you get yourself and Delby um uh Pinder and Sons of Fred and the bloody roof comes off mm. and you can you can see that's probably one of yeah, the best pretty... nights of their life. Yeah, they it's... are literally life changing for some people. Yeah. And you you great. never get tired of that. Yeah, because yeah. I remember when I was younger watching Eddie Murphy, Delirious yeah. and going, Fuck, I like love I want to do stand up comedy I love stand up comedy that it was something that triggered in me early early on and then as soon as I actually it, it's something that sort of faded away but as soon as I went to my first show which was at the Charles fucking probably about 10 years ago I was like fuck this is something yeah. it's being there live yeah. in the room I just- forget that some people don't know <clears throat> That you know, where we've busted our ass to come up with five or ten minutes. You've you've done hundreds of hours on stage, ate the biggest bag of dicks ever, worked it out, and people come up and go, "Did you just make that up on the spot? <laughs> Was that? Did you just make that That's up?" Right. It's like people don't realize, <laughs> and then they say. I've heard all these jokes. Yeah. Oh, that they've stayed for two shows, the seven o'clock and the nine, and they say, oh, "I'm coming. I'm staying for the nine. And I say it's the same show. They're not gonna. It's the same people, but they're not gonna mm. do the same jokes, are they? I yeah. said, yeah, they yeah. are. They don't understand that the, it takes. How long does it take oh, to get ten minutes so of gold? Yeah. Let alone twenty minutes or, or thirty <laughs> minutes headline spot. Yeah. It's yeah. all new. No. Well, and that's the thing that I, I, it shocked me so much. So I had my little first thing with Delby, and I had this little five minute bit. And then I thought I'd had a, this joke really good. And they said, no, no, you've got to cut that down. So I was like, well, that took up like two or three of my <laughs> yeah. fucking... Yeah. She said, no, you've got to cut, you've you, got to cut you, that down two minutes. It was like a 20-second bit and it was at three minutes. I feel like it, yeah, it just has to whittle down. It was like a two-and-a-half to three-minute build-up for one little punchline. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's taken up a lot of time of my set. How good for this one joke. And they're like, no, nah, you've got to get that down to about a minute. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, cool. And then spr- you know, sprinkle in jokes in between in that minute yeah. as well. It's an art it's like anything, man. If you if you play footy, you got to learn how to kick, handball, tackle. Mm. Like with comedy, you got to do improv, off the cuff, pauses, silence, set up, punch, fucking all sorts of shit. And that took a long time just to get that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. and it's yeah. just getting shorter and shorter and, and you're shorter. Always learning. The other thing I, that's just sprung to mind is you're responsible for a ton of friendships from raw comedy. Me and Cam McLaren met. 
mm-hmm. ended up living with me. Yeah. Me and Grant Mushet, Matt, he's living with me now. I'm like a comedy pimp. <laughs> Getting my stable full. But like, yeah, the amount of um, connections and lifelong friends that people make from yeah. Raw is insane. I met Rory Lowe with my first one. Matt Storer was in my first one. Cam McLaren, me. And what are your thoughts on someone like, not to go off uh, what you're talking about there, but just because you brought up Rory Lowe, trying to fill out Asta. Is it Asta? I think it's Asta, yeah. Asta, which is a thousand seat venue. Like that when's, is, it, when's that, Joe? Fuck. Oh. <laughs> Before COVID, I think end of November, maybe. Yeah, and it was he. He's just trying to do this, like what you mm. said, just have a crack and see what's happening. And I think he's going pretty well from what uh, what he's been posting on social media. You never know, but uh, yeah, like that, taking that risk and taking the chance to try and fill out a one thousand seat venue. What are your thoughts on something like that? Um, well, I think Rory's good enough to. I don't know how long is he is it going to be. Is he doing an hour or I'm not certain he's got. Well, he's got a concept. Act. I won't. Ro- yeah, don't. It's, yeah, it's a bit different. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I think it's going to be just under an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Look, he's a good act. He's he's one of the many acts that that thinks he's not getting the recognition he deserves, and he does deserve recognition. He's a good act. I think. Good luck to him. I reckon he he's. Smart, hard, with, hustle. smart with his, he's like you. He's smart with the marketing. I think he could do all right for himself. Well, his his idea was obviously that there's no international guests coming in at the moment, no big names. So yeah. just let's just do it. Just there's do a, it. There's a, this is an opportunity for that he's going to make himself a few grand. Yeah, and well, at the oh. top of his life, if he doesn't uh, lose his shirt because it costs a fair bit to hire those theaters. Yes, yeah. and that's, probably I don't know what it would be, but I imagine it must be. Nearly, nearly ten thousand to hire that mm. that place. Yeah, yeah, because the theatre is a big a risk. Lot. It's always a risk. Yeah. You got to back yourself in and hustle. Mm. I nice. mean, we had a. I'm going back to when I first had this thing about. So we started doing uh, comedy, and um, I was just doing open mic, and I went to see Ben Elton at the um, concert hall, mm-hmm. and I remember that was the time when I thought. I I would literally just done about two gigs by then. Yeah, and I remember going. I watched Ben Elton and he was so smart to see a real ex, a real top-notch actor. And I've watched yeah. every trick and, and yeah. I was, you know, it's like dissecting the frog. You think, oh, oh. oh I see what he's doing there. Yeah. And I, mean, I thought, I don't know how, but somehow I've got to be doing this. And yeah. that was the time when I thought, this is the business I want to somehow get involved with. Yeah. And how did I, how would I have possibly, you know, known that I would end up? Yeah. Yeah. And I think from about that point, it was maybe six years later. We did our raw at that at yeah, that venue, and that was a real god. That was that you know that tear down your, yeah. down your cheek moment. You think, what the hell? I yeah. actually got fifteen, sixteen hundred people here for a raw final. Yeah. yeah, and that same night um, on the raw, that was a really good night. I remember Andrew Horriban, who isn't on the scene now. Who I don't have you ever seen Andrew Horriban no. perform? No, just one of the best MCs best performers you'll ever see yeah mm. he's such a talented guy but just not interested in comedy right now he does yeah. public speaking and he makes a shitload yeah really good money just can't get him back to do comedy yeah. and i was my son was boxing for the state championships that night yeah. and that was the same night as a raw and i said i can't go because oh. i got this raw and he said john go we'll manage yeah and I went there and I managed to get back for the rest of it. Awesome. And he won. Awesome. <laughs> he won. And I thought, God, that was the night of nights, night. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. 1,500 people. Uh, the sun went in and I remember just such a good That's feeling. Unreal. Yeah. Well, That's mate, great. You, you've uh, built 
probably, yeah. And we're not saying this because you're a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We can attest, like it's it's one of those things. I pinch myself that I get to go in there and and get paid to go work. Yeah, Branchy Foster is. Like, I can't believe I get to go yeah, go like, in and watch comedy and work. It's what it, it's so good, and it's such a great atmosphere. And I. Don't want to leave, and you see me every now and then. He's the one kicking you out the stairs. Yeah, like, I don't want to leave. I like yeah. I do come home because I have yeah. a wife and kid. <laughs> I do. I. It gets to that point where it's just such an infectious, such a fun atmosphere. Um, I can't recommend it anymore to anyone. Just, yeah. just, just go there for a yeah. seven o'clock, nine o'clock show. It's yeah. just. It's fucking incredible. So. Let them let them know that you heard him on the podcast as well. So yeah, so the sponsor knows we're uh, we're doing well. Um, um, but yeah, uh, it's at the Comedy Lounge WA, I think on um, Instagram. Yeah, and Comedy Lounge on Facebook, ComedyLounge.com.au. Yep, you might get in for free if Johnny's on the till. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But mate, been an absolute pleasure having yeah, you on. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks. I've awesome. enjoyed it, and yeah. uh, we'll have you on again sometime soon. Yeah, lovely. Thank you, guys. Cheers. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The fake news, the enemy of the people. That I call the fake news, the enemy of the people. The fake news.